on this 9-11, we thought it'd be really important for us to just remember those that lost their lives and gave their lives to rescue others. It's really kind of what Christ did for us. Uh, so let's take a moment to pray, and let's pray not only in remembrance of 9-11, but let's pray for healing and the future of our nation. Father, we pray that you would come this day by your Holy Spirit upon our nation, that you would heal the rifts, and that you would cause us to remember the best part of America. Lord, comfort those that lost loved ones and, and those that gave their lives. And God, uh, we pray for the mercy of Jesus Christ to be on the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And now, I'm, I'm so happy you're here for our Daily Hope today. The story in 2 Corinthians 25 tells the story of King Amaziah. First the good, and then the bad and the ugly. It, it really pivots around verse 2, which says, He, King Amaziah, did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, but not wholeheartedly. He began by doing what was right in God's eyes, and then he finished by doing what was right in his own eyes. And that reminds us of his father, Josiah, who started strong but ended miserably. In fact, 2 Kings 14.3 says, In everything, he, Amaziah, followed the example of his father, Joash, like father, like son. But the reason that both went south is really important. They didn't follow God wholeheartedly. They didn't completely want God, but allowed other wants to take over their heart. A while back, I brought this pretty little plant that I hoped would grow up a trellis in the very back corner of our yard, and I planted this morning glory, but was soon surprised to see its lovely flowers all over our backyard, and today you can see its blooms street side in our front yard. I had no idea that plant was so aggressive. And in 2 Chronicles 25, we noticed this aggressive trait in King Amaziah, this desire to spread out and be in control. We read in verse 3, after the kingdom was firmly in his control, he executed the officials who had murdered his father, the king, and yet we see restraint in not harming their families. Then King Amaziah amassed a 300-person army from his own kingdom of Judah, but still wanting more power, he hired 100,000 men from Israel, the northern kingdom, but a prophet told him, send those troops home, saying the Lord is not with Israel. And here again, he obeyed, throwing away his investment. And God was faithful to the king and gave him a miraculous victory in his very first battle against the Edomites. So far, so good. But Amaziah's greatest test came after that success. This victory brought out the worst in the king. He couldn't hold that high position without taking credit and craving more power. It's been said that nothing fails like success because success can lead to pride and a desire for more, this arrogant overreach, like that aggressive morning glory plant. It can overrun my heart and choke my desire for God. Look at Amaziah's shocking response to victory in verse 14. When Amaziah returned from slaughtering the Edomites, he brought back the gods of the people of Seir. He set them up as his own gods and bowed down to them and burned sacrifices for them. 
So instead of humbly thanking God for his success, he made this ridiculous power grab, confiscating the idols of the people he had just conquered. It was an outright rejection of God as his king. It was a look what I did moment. And instead of worshiping God who gave him victory, he switched to worshiping gods he could control. Our failures certainly test our character, but success reveals our heart. Amaziah's success brought out his hidden bent for power, apart from God. And of course, God mercifully sends a prophet to correct the king. He asked the logical question in verse 15, why do you consult this people's gods, which could not save their own people from your hand? But Amaziah is too bloated with ego to receive that word, and he interrupts the prophet's message, yelling, stop, and even threatens him. He had set up his own self-serving echo chamber, no truth could reach him now. And parents know this, that their kids only hear what they want. Somehow they don't hear the repeated ask of clean your room. They respond immediately to, let's go get ice cream. And we also like the ice cream parts of God's word. Like Amaziah, we can exercise selective listening. But that's the beginning of the end. When we refuse to hear God's word and listen for his guidance, we're left with our own false ideas and living in the darkness of pride. And of course, pride goes before a fall. So Amaziah has a series of tragic defeats, and his life ends miserably, just like his father's, by an assassination plot. But each defeat was God's attempt to rescue the king from himself. Each humiliation was a chance to hit bottom and cry out to God. But that ugly pride plant had so overgrown his heart, he never did. This lesson speaks to me about my own heart, that my sinful default is prideful independence. This aggressive vine strangles my relationship with God. I need to regularly weed my heart to keep my trust in God, not myself, especially in the good times. I can do this through prayer, through worship, by being grateful, listening to God's word, and surrounding myself with friends who can speak into my life. Because my greatest assets can be my biggest liabilities if they weaken my grip on God. Amaziah is the poster child for God helps those who help themselves. But the reality is God helps those who look to him humbly for help. Now I hope to see you tomorrow for our services at 9, 11, and 6. Or join us online. God bless you.